The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to Hapsit Minded and our look at the Atlantic Division continues. My name is Jared Book and we are discussing the Toronto Maple Leafs. And please, please just don't turn this off right now. <laughs> uh, don't, don't turn it off. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. We're going we're gonna to have fun here uh, discussing the, the Maple Leafs. I know a lot of you don't like them, uh, but... In we're, all we're honesty, sometimes about... in all honesty, sometimes I don't like them either. So <laughs> right. I, I I feel you. I feel you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anybody could talk about not liking the Maple Leafs, it's Maple Leafs fans. I think <laughs> um, the, the voice you hear the, joining me today is Omar. You might know him on Twitter, Tic Tac Tomar. Uh, he probably makes a lot of gifts that make you upset as Habs fans when they play <laughs> each other. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's uh, always fun to see. Uh, you on on the, my timeline. Uh, you're with the Zone Time podcast at Yahoo Sports as well. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good, man. Just like you know, uh, just like with everyone else, like you know, nervously <laughs> and emphasis on nervously. Uh, just waiting for whatever's going to happen in in the regular season. You know, for when it comes to the Leafs, there are a lot of expectations as they are every year. However, you know the the threshold of being optimistic has. At least for me, has is is I'm a little desensitized. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so when people say like, "Hey, are you excited for the season?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it kind of has that vibe. Like, I'm I'm a I'm a baseball guy. I, I like baseball. And in like the mid '90s, late '90s, early 2000s, the Atlanta Braves had like 15 straight division championships, uh, mm-hmm. and only had one World Series win. Uh, mm-hmm. and 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 it's like during the season they would have like no attendance because fans just wouldn't care they're like okay we know we're going to make the playoffs we know that we're gonna try and win the world series wake me up in october basically is there kind of that sense where the regular season like even if they win the president's trophy is like okay try and get out of a round like is that the kind of the mindset well yeah definitely right because when you think of last year like last year was a success in many ways when it comes to the regular season you have Austin Matthews who sets franchise records for a 60 goal scorer in in a long time <laughs> wins the MVP uh wins the Ted Lindsay wins the rocket again you have Mitch Marner who was you know if he didn't miss any games as well on his way to probably getting having his first 100 point season William Nylander had um had a career year even like players like Alex Kerfoot had a career year Ilya Mikheyev had a career year and then ended up like leaving for Vancouver so like there was a lot of success around the entire team individually and also again in the regular season but you know once the playoffs started you know the, the gears changed the expectations are there and unfortunately like the same result happened yes it was is different you know they faced a a stronger team and for the most part they played better it wasn't how like in most years where you know like you know they're they they play well at the start and then you know they kind of phase out a little bit like you know they're 
in most of the games, but then just couldn't get it done. And that ended up kind of, you know, creating a cloud over the over the season. Uh, I At the same time, again, no one's like taking away, you know, those individual successes and those small little, you know, bonuses and stuff from the from the year. But like, just like it's been since 2013, it's it's all about can we get out of the first round, you know, and and they, yes, obviously, you know, like, you know, the Kyle Dubas and the players they want, they their aspirations are higher than that. But I think for a lot of Leafs fans, like we don't really want to you know aspire for a championship until we can get out of the first round. <laughs> so um, it, I, I do think that there is that kind of level of, um, I guess, a contained apathy that a lot of Leafs fans have where, you know, we're excited for the, for the regular season. We're mostly excited to see like, you know, how the new combinations go, you know, how the new additions work, um, you know, kind of envision how they can play in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we're all waiting for April, April or May to see, you know, what they can actually do, you know, when the games mean the most. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's funny because looking back at the, I actually look back just to see, because it struck me as the Leafs, didn't really play badly in any of the series they lost, like mm-hmm. in, at least in the last three. Um, it just seemed like they just didn't get the the big goaltending performance or they ran into a hot goaltender mm-hmm. in all of those series. And and I went back to look and it's might I'm sorry if this is uh you know, this brings back memories or anything like that. Oh, but, Jared, but, Jared, I'm a Leafs fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, if, it, if it's not me, it's somebody else. Yeah, right? yeah somebody, it'll be yeah. they'll be in they'll be in some template or some compilation, <laughs> like the right. intro ahead of the season. Like we'll see it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So <laughs> so okay. So they 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 take Tampa to seven games last mm-hmm. year. You know, Campbell has eight ninety seven save percentage. Yep. Vasilevsky also has an eight ninety seven save percentage, but lights out in game seven mm-hmm. and, and i just throughout that series it just felt like like looking back at it if you if he got if you play what nine nine oh five nine ten save percentage he wins mm-hmm. the series and, and that's not exactly a, a, a high bar to cross like it's just that's just what happens um the, the series before against montreal year before jack 934 he, <sighs> he outplayed carrie price carrie price is at 932 but Carey yeah. Price played better in Game Seven. Campbell gave up that really bad goal to the Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. Um. And and they just couldn't get any goals going. And then the Columbus series is the one that really is is, oh. is crazy to me. <laughs> Freddie Anderson had a nine thirty four save percentage, but mm-hmm. Corpusalo and Rizlikins had a nine fifty two save percentage. Yep. In, in that series, which all three went to the limit, mm-hmm. and it just feels like. If one of those games goes differently, if one of those game five or game sevens goes differently, they don't have at least this cloud over them. I'm not saying they would have won the cup. I'm not saying they even would have made it to the final like Montreal or Tampa did, although they probably would have. But it it just feels like that, that there's something to be said about Kyle Dubas believing so much in what he's built Mm -hmm. that he's going to the season with no contract extension and basically saying, look, I I believe in what we've done and eventually it's going to turn around. And I just, I'm not going to say it's all bad luck because I I don't think it is, but at a certain point, you know, you're like a handful of saves in either direction from having at least one or two series wins. And I just, I respect what Kyle Dupas has done. I, I feel like he's done a good job working within the salary cap, you could argue 
about how he's trying to fill in like that second line, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like Alex Galchenyuk and, you know, you, you can talk. Oh, about... we, we don't, we don't speak of Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> I, I still, I have vivid memories of game five. We don't, we yeah. don't speak of <laughs> So the Canadians fans, but different ones. <laughs> uh, but in, in, in like, it, it just, you, you can talk about roster construction. There are flaws, but you can do that with any team in the league. But if you look at just player development, uh, things they put in analytically, just it, it it's for me as somebody who has covered a team run by Mark Bergevin for the last ten years, <laughs> it, it's it just that was the model franchise, and, mm-hmm. and now it seems like Montreal is finally going in that direction. And I know people are going to scoff and be like, "Oh, results!" and I don't care about results. Look what results got. Montreal, they got to the, to the Stanley Cup final and then in 32nd place. Like, process mm-hmm. is what allows you to sustain it. Is there, like, a feeling in uh, among Leafs fans that if there's, like, a, a losing streak in the middle of the season, like, there could be something that happens that's that's drastic? Is there a feeling about that? Uh, I don't think so. Um, Because ju- just as the point that you brought up, like, Kyle Dubas is a process person and and you know he's made that very clear in his long tenure you know as Leafs GM you know as you brought up you know as you were going down the the haunted pass of uh playoff eliminations you know it does come down to just you know a couple of short factors and the interesting thing is and that's why it's so it's so funny to me where this year the the whole conversation is like oh what's gonna happen to the goaltending but like <laughs> when it comes to the playoffs like goaltending has never been like a drastic issue the main issue that's always I guess hurt the team is that ability to really like get that extra goal here or there. So like last year, you no know, last year against Tampa game seven is, is, is a one goal game. They lost two one, right? They scored, they scored a goal. It got called back. Um, and then, you know, a, you know, a big, a big you know, a mistake, you know, with uh, Kerfoot and Brody, you know, winds up in the back of the net. They lose two one. Um, when it comes to the, you know, the Montreal series, they just couldn't get another goal, right? That, that first mistake was, was, was made that turnover, uh, took place. Gallagher was able to capitalize on his opportunity and they just couldn't find a way to get another goal that the series in Columbus, I want to say that they lost that game five, like three, nothing, or it was like three, one and like Nylander scored in like the last like two minutes or something. So it always just comes down to just getting that extra goal here or there. And I think if you're Kyle Dubas, that's probably the, the the thought process that he's having as well and has avoided making that huge move because in just knowing that like, hey, I have this core of players that are just getting better and better and better. And we've seen that like again, like every year, Matthews, Matthews, Nylander and Marner have taken a step every single year. And you'd like to hope that other players in the in the system are also going to be doing that as well. And with the other, you know, small signings that have, that have happened, hopefully that can insulate the rest of the team. So I I really don't think if there is a, if there is like um you know a small little you know losing streak here or there I don't think that there is going to be like a knee jerk move I I think, do think that the 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 outcry and the emotion and there's going to be called for it definitely mm-hmm. but I really do think Kyle Dubas is going to stick to his guns and say like hey like this for the yes the the outer the outer or the outside or the 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 outskirts of the team or um are different but like the core is still here we still have Austin Matthews Mitch Marner William Nylander John Tavares Morgan Riley TJ Brody um Jake Mus- in Mark Giordano like we still have that core and that's the core that he's believed in I think that's the core he's going to continue to believe in now another thing is that I think 
with all of the losses that have taken place, and this is something that's annoyed me as well hearing, so it's, it's, I guess it's kind of ironic that I'm saying it, is that I do think we're going to see a, a more mature Leafs team this season. Not to say that, you know, losing streaks aren't going to happen, but I do think if they do happen, that they're going to be handled differently. Um, last year, there were a lot of games that the team just kind of just took off. Like, okay, well, it's just Ottawa, whatever, doesn't matter, or it's just Detroit, whatever. Hey, we're facing Detroit. Let's let's rewind the rewind time and go back to the 80s and win the game 10-7. Right. So, but <laughs> I, I I do think that the overall thought process is there within the players, and I think that they do understand that you know from the, before. You know the you know media and fans would would call for you know dramatic change if they didn't if they missed in the playoffs and now and that wouldn't happen. Kyle Dubas would say, you know, I believe in this team, I believe in the core. But I do think next year, if something takes place, then just by proxy, because Dubas doesn't have a deal, that there will be changes that will happen in some way, shape, or form, and it'll depend on you know if one if Kyle Dubas returns or not, and if he doesn't, then who's going to be the person who comes into place, and is that new person going to believe in the core, or are they going to try to change things change things around as well? So I do think that you know if there is a losing streak here or there, especially if if the goaltending ends up being bad for for a stretch, there will be a lot of temperature and heat. But I don't think Dubas will be the one to pull the trigger on any. Uh, wholesale moves. I think he'll mm-hmm. he'll stay the course and believe in the process that he's established um, uh, for a number of years now. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, their goaltending, you know, is is a question mark." And and I guess yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But last season, <laughs> their goaltending wasn't very good. No, nope. I, I think they had like I think they were under nine hundred as yep. a team uh, yep. save percentage last year. Yep. Like, Campbell had Campbell had like one stretch where he was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and we were saying sign him now, myself included. And then things started going south. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe Mrazic can nope. Mrazic's too okay. All right. Well, this this is unfortunate. Okay, cool. 80s hockey. Let's just score some goals. <laughs> so yeah. 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 I'm so I mean, like the, the whole thing is like at least you need Marie or Samsonov to just get hot, right? Yep. Like that's and and then I, I like this team, like I remember. You know, people are saying that like the Leafs. I remember seeing that like the Leafs were were the betting favorite for to win the Eastern Conference, mm. and people are like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Look at the Eastern Conference. Yep. What else is there? Like, there's always Tampa. Tampa's always going to be, but eventually they're going to fall off. Like, mm. I don't think you can play until June every year mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when you're getting an, an older team and still continually be at the top. Like, they're, they're gonna even last year they kind of faded back a little bit." Mm-hmm. Right, they finished third in, in the division. I I just think that at a certain point, like look, Toronto almost won the division last year with under nine hundred goaltending. Like they don't <laughs> they don't need Matt Murray or Elias themselves to be very good, right? They just need that to be fine. Yeah, like like that's the bar. And I, it makes me laugh when people say, "Oh, they they really downgraded." I'm like, did they really? Like, do you expect them to be eight eighty goaltending? Because that's the downgrade. Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if they do better than that, they're not a downgrade. So, yeah, I, I just think that a lot of, I mean, a lot of it is because, yeah, it's they're gambling for sure. But I think a lot of people don't realize just how bad their goaltending was throughout the season last yeah. year. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is that like it, it's very like it's like you know when you watch a goalie in the AHL and they make like <laughs> all of these like huge saves and it's like oh my god this goalie's sick but then when you like peel back the layers you realize that they have to make those huge saves because they're out of position and they just have the athleticism to get across 
But then when they get into the NHL, they're like not as good. And it's like, oh my God, what happened? It's like, well, you know, the shots are faster, the players are faster, this, you know, everyone's faster. So yeah, it just comes down to it because, like, yeah, like when you look at the raw numbers, like it's not that much of a change, right? It, it really isn't. Like, and I and I think and I think when it comes down to, to losing Campbell, I think a lot of us remember the huge saves. We remember like the the big you know, post to post slides. We remember the, the hearing the soup chants on TV, or if you're at Scotiabank Arena watching the game, we remember Jack Campbell, the person, and how like personable he was and wholesome, and how anytime that they lost and it wasn't his fault, he would still say, Oh, I had to have that one. And we're like, Oh, Jack, like, no, it wasn't your fault. So I, I think, I think that's kind of clouded our judgment a little bit because when you look at the, the raw numbers, like, there's there's no reason why we should should have been married to either of those two goaltenders based off of the numbers that we were getting. Like again, there there was a point where both of our goalies were unplayable. There was a stretch where Eric Shelgren looked better than both of them. <laughs> <laughs> like we're watching the game. I'm like, yes, yes, Eric, go. <laughs> right. So it's like we we have it. So we don't really necessarily we don't have as Leafs fans, we don't really have like any means or sense of being tied down to, you know, anything that Jack Campbell, Peter Mrazek, or Eric Shulgin did last year. And I think what we need to do is just bank on the fact that, like, you have two goalies that have had success, you know, in, in different situations on previous teams, and you hope that they can do this, do something similar here. Now, no one's asking Matt Murray to morph into his 2017 self and give us a cup. That would be cool. That'd be great. But literally all we're asking for is just a chance. That That's all least fans want that's all i want you know watching the game i just want you to give the give the team an opportunity to win the game if if they're up two nothing and you know one mistake takes place and there's a two-on-one or like a two-on-two or something just give them that one save you know you'll be you know as as a Habs fan jared you know what i'm talking about when you know the Habs would be buzzing in the buzzing in the offensive zone over and over again. Let's let's go do a throwback back to when you know Phil Deneau and Gallagher and <laughs> and Thomas Attar that crazy five on five line. They'd just be attacking over and over again. And there's an odd man rush, and you're like, oh my god. But nope, it's fine. Price stopped it. It's cool, right? That's what we're asking for. We just need yeah. that one save, that one moment, just so the team can say, you know what, we can do things. We can be creative. We can like you know do something that's a little unorthodox, you know, to kind of degenerate a scoring chance. And in the event that something goes wrong, the person between the posts on the other side of the ice is going to have our back. And if, if, if either Matt Murray or Samsonov or someone else, if they're a trade of another trade happens, whatever, as long as we can get that, especially in the playoffs, then it just comes down to, again, what we've been focusing on all the time is just, you know, the forwards up front, the players up front, you know, just getting the job done, not making mistakes, scoring the goals, scoring on those opportunities when they present themselves. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about that and and confidence that a goalie can provide with, mm-hmm. with a, a timely saves. And, you know, Montreal's kind of seen both sides of that because they've seen Carey Price beat Carey Price. But I mean, there were times last season when, especially at the tail end of the Ducharme era, mm. where literally they'd be down to nothing five minutes into the game because mm. their goalie just wouldn't be able to make a save. And, and they're not getting huge scoring chances against, they're just regular, you know, NHL shots. And they'd be two nothing before the first commercial break. Yeah, and, and that's just impossible to overcome. You can't overcome that because you feel like you're already squeezing your stick because you're playing badly. 
And then mm. you're squeezing your stick even more because any mistake could end up in your net because your goalie is awful. Mm. And, and and I just, it, it just compounds. And the Leafs are not starting at the point where last year's Montreal Canadiens were, right? It, <laughs> it's not the same level. Like Austin Matthews is, is way ahead. Like they, you can give up three goals and Austin Matthews is like, okay, yeah, we'll get four. Yeah. Right? Like, like you just <laughs> feel, you feel like it's possible. Um, but at the same time, when you're in a playoff game mm-hmm. or a playoff series, and you go down one nothing, two nothing, two one. You just feel like, oh, are we going to get another one? Like, is are here? Are we going here again? And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's definitely something that plays into it. I mean, they're professionals; they're very good. Um, you know, there, there's not many teams that would refuse players from the least core, <laughs> right? Like, let's yeah. be honest here. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do under a hundred percent understand that. You know, it's not about putting up a nine twelve save percentage. It's making the save when your team needs you to make a save. Yeah. Um. And and there's certain points in the game when that happens when it's obvious. Uh. And there's certain points in the game when, you know, a, a goal against the wrong time can be just absolutely demoralizing. And, you know, whether it's right after you score a goal to tie it or take the lead, or whether it's you're down by one and you just want to stay down by one. But yeah, I I think that exactly it, it comes down to. Look, goaltending is voodoo, and yeah. whatever happened with Toronto, you know, the, the goaltending wasn't the issue, but it wasn't good enough at times either, right? Like, yeah. you look at Game 7 against Montreal, and I, 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 that's the one that I stick out because that's the one I, I remember. Yep. Um, And, you know, Jack Campbell, you know, yes, Carey Price was Carey Price that game, but, it, you know, if, if this game is one nothing or, you know, 0-0 late in the third period, it's a completely different game yeah. than being one nothing or two nothing, or even in game one. Right? Paul, yes. By- Paul yes. Byron scores that stupid like, <laughs> like <laughs> you want to talk about my heart sinking? Like when I saw that go in, I was like, "There's how?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Like even something like that, like that's a, that's a goal. Like you watch, and it's like, oh my god! Like, yes, that that was an amazing effort by Byron, but like. Flip. It would have been the puck. so sick to get <laughs> yeah. a get a uh, get a save there. So yeah, like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and, and you know that that's a big game too because it, it that yes, Montreal lost the three games afterwards, but it still gave them that kind of belief, right? Like if my, if Toronto wins game one, mm-hmm. Montreal's like, okay, yeah, they're better than us, <laughs> yeah, right. But but winning that game one, it's like when even when you're down three one, it's like okay, we we can still. Because those, and games two, three, and four weren't even close. Oh like my there, God. there was no, there was game there was four. No I think reason. game four was like was a. I think that was the game they won like three or four nothing. Like it was yeah. like, it was so beautiful. <laughs> it was such a beautiful, yeah. was such a well played game. And then yeah, just yeah, and it's funny there. because even in games five and six, when Montreal was relatively dominant. Toronto mm-hmm. came back and tied the game both times. Yep, like, then, like it, it, it was like game Chenyuk. six. Game six felt like it was it was over. Right, that was the two goal. That was a two goal game. Right. Yeah, uh, it was two goals in the third period. Yeah. Um, and you know they had they had the the crowd. I, I'm using air quotes because I mean mm-hmm. you know it was what 500 people. Yeah. Um, but I mean at the same time, and then you just kind of felt like okay, it went to overtime. It was fun. <laughs> You know, and yeah. and I think that you know then Kanyemi shot goes off of 
uh, Muzzin was it Muzzin? Oh, uh, it went off of a uh, Zach Bogosian. Yes. How, right. However, yeah. that whole thing started with a huge save. Right? Dur- Mr. Travis yeah. Dermott decided to do a spin around on the defensive right. zone. That's what and it then was. And the puck yes. got picked up. Yeah. And then Bogosian went one in the slot to try to deflect the puck, uh, stop the shot, yeah. and it ended up going going in off of him. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, and then you you know you watch the, the that Amazon <laughs> documentary, and it's like, oh, so before that, Sheldon Keefe had the, one of the best speeches I've ever seen, right? And then Dermot decided to do that. That's why I wasn't. <laughs> and, I, wasn't well, I mean, too they upset. came out of that overtime playing outstanding, right? Yep. If it's not Carey Price, that game is over easily. Oh, in the first ten minutes. There were like thirteen overtime. shots, I think, or yeah, something, 13 something nothing, like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just one of those things where they just completely. Like everyone looks back at that speech, like, oh, it's a wasted speech. It wasn't wasted. Nope. <laughs> they, they played really well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just one of those unfortunate things. And look, it, it's uh, this, it's, it's really, I don't want to say it's fascinating because I, I'm not in, like, it, it's just, it's a really interesting dynamic. And we've seen this before, right? The Washington Capitals went through years of losing mm-hmm. with a core and it wasn't always in the first round. Like there, there is that gorilla that, that Toronto has on their, on their back that yeah. the other teams didn't, but it, it still seems like there's, th- there is precedent that you can succeed with a core eventually. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that that's something that uh, isn't true, but at a certain point, um, it just it does feel like this is probably going to be a very significant turning point season for the Leafs, right? Because either it goes well and it goes one way, uh, or it goes poorly, and I don't think they're going to be as patient as they have been. And mm-hmm. and I and I, I I I said this, and I think other people have probably have said this as well. If if it was the Tampa loss and then the Montreal loss, mm. everyone is fired. <laughs> Right, yeah. like, like it just if losing to Tampa in the way they lost to Tampa is, is a little bit different than than the way they lost to Montreal. Like losing to Montreal first mm-hmm. really allows you. Okay, listen, it was crazy year. It, it, we played, you know, the same seven teams all year. Yeah, it's it's whatever. We'll move on. It's fine. But if you reverse the two, and like last year was the second loss to Montreal and like I don't think that you can bring back the core but I think that the way they lost to Tampa allows them a little bit more leeway they're lucky in that regard that it it, it happened in that order I think yeah absolutely because you you do see some some sense of progress now granted they, they still ended in the same spot but like you can definitely look at those two eliminations those two series and it's it's night and day it's it's completely different Based off of the, the the way that they played, the way that they handled it, and again, you can't you you can't ignore the fact that it that it was Tampa. It was uh, a team yeah. that is the, the shining beacon, one of the one of the shining beacons of of success in the Stanley Cup era, like full stop. And you know, and again, the the fact that they went on to to beat the Leafs and they went on to the Stanley Cup final again, you know, it might be something that that kind of you know sweetens the blow, you know, softens the blow a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's opposite, like there's no shot. There's no shot that Dubis can walk up and say, "Oh yeah, you know, trust the process. We'll try again next year." Like there's no, there's absolutely no way. But and and to, to your point about this year, like I, I wonder at what level the change starts with. You know, because like Brendan Shanahan's been here for a while, man. Like he's, I think he's been here since at least like 2014, 2015. I want to say, like you know. 
He was around for for a year of Randy Carlisle. He watched and watched and said, okay, well, this is what we're going to (laughs) do. We're going to stop doing this whole, hey, we're just going to make the playoffs to get money thing. We're going to be bad. Everyone's fired. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. We're going to tank, get Matthews, and so on and so forth. It worked. So the whole Shannon plan thing, like, you know, has been going on for a while now, and we don't have much to show for it as an organization. Again, you know, we have individual success. We have team records or whatever, but we don't have that success in the playoffs. So I don't know if maybe this is maybe this is the year where ownership says, you know what, like, you know, we respect what you've done. But like at some point, maybe having new eyes, a new set of eyes in some capacity might be the way to go. You know, I think that I think that does definitely play a role into the the decision not to extend a Dubis, Dubis all at once. Um, again, and that's just an assumption I'm making. I don't know any of the, the, the details or anything about what's going on there, but you know, you have to think that if it happens again and you know, I, I like to think that the team is going to be better. I mean, on paper, the team kind of looks better to me. I, I like, I like the pieces. I like what, what Dubis has done, but I think at the same time, you know, maybe the old hockey cliche of, oh, you know, maybe a new set of eyes on this might, <laughs> <laughs> might, might, might come into play. And then who knows, you know, they bring in another person who doesn't do anything and then they start winning stuff. And that, 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 that happens, right? There, there, there are GMs that build a team, they get fired. And then that same team, like the next year ends up doing well. Right. Yeah. So I mean, maybe yeah. that will happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I mean, there, there's, look, there's, I mean, you mentioned, we talked about, you mentioned Tampa. Tampa is another example of a team that stuck with their core, stuck with their coaching staff. Yep. And, and it paid off in the end. Right. Um, And and yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, a good example, Montreal is a perfect example that Jeff Gordon, right. He leaves Mm -hmm. Boston. (laughs) They they win a Stanley Cup. Uh, Mm -hmm. He leaves the Rangers. They, they turn around because when he was there, the the rebuild wasn't going fast enough. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he gets fired there and there you know, one of the up and coming teams in the Eastern conference. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's, there's the, the type of GM that kind of lucks into it yeah. <laughs> and there's the type <laughs> of GM that builds, um, builds it as well. So yeah, there's definitely something to be said for that. And you mentioned something interesting about, um, about Shanahan because there's kind of like this three stage um, when it comes to the lease management, right? Like normally if, you know, the, on the surface, it looks like Sheldon Keefe's seat is very hot, right? Like, it just seems like if, if something goes wrong during the season and the team looks demoralized, like, that's an easy fix. But then you have to ask yourself, is ownership going to, A, allow Dubas to make that change, right? Mm-hmm. Is he going to get the the benefit of doubt to get that, uh, it'd be his third head coach, right, uh, as GM or... Um, he started with Babcock, right? He started with yeah, Babcock. Yeah, he started with Babcock. And then he, he got that one coaching change. It's like, is he going to get that second one? And mm-hmm. you can say the same thing about Shanahan with Dubis and, you know, does he get that second GM change, right? So um, th- there's a lot of, of different layers here um, that, that come to it because, you know, on, on from an outsider's perspective, it's like, yeah, you know, Dubis will probably get, uh, in-season firing if things go badly and then if things continue to go badly he's out of a contract and probably not getting renewed right like that's mm-hmm. uh but then you have add that shanahan perspective to it as well it's like oh well it could be even more changes than than i'm expecting than i'm thinking and, and i don't think that those things happen mid-season yeah um I, I like for, except for coaching i think coaching change is something that you know if things start going badly um you know you, you you've seen it you know there's there's endless examples of of coaches that uh are have high expectations 
don't make it through the season and uh, and get fired, and the team ends up doing better. Uh, yeah. You know, Pittsburgh is an example of that. I mean, I, at one point, uh, four straight interim coaches made it to the Stanley Cup final. Um, you had <laughs> you had you had Craig Beru- uh, for three at least. You had Craig Ruby in, in St. Louis, who ended up winning it, mm-hmm. and then you had Rick Bonus in Dallas. Uh, and Mike, Sol- had- Mike Sullivan, I think, when he first took took the reins, and I'm pretty yep. sure, I'm pretty sure that Pittsburgh yeah. won the cup that year. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, and then you have you had um, Barube in St. Louis, you had Bonus in in Dallas, and then next year you had Montreal mm-hmm. with Dujarm, who was an interim coach at the time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of weird how that <laughs> that, that streak ended, obviously with Tampa and Colorado, um, and two of the probably best coaches in the NHL. But it's it definitely seems like, look, you can talk about this Leafs team in October, November, December, January. It doesn't make a difference because you're not going to really, unless something goes horribly wrong, you're not going to know what this team is until until the playoffs. And it, it feels kind of like, it, it, I don't want to make it seem too dramatic, but that's kind of how it is because... It it doesn't all rely on like it sounds crazy that we're talking about winning around, right? Like I remember talking to I remember talking to Steve Dangle, yeah, before the playoffs uh, in the COVID year when when they were playing Montreal. And I remember, uh, or maybe it was, no, you know what? It was it was um it was Sean McIndoe. It was Dangle's Brown. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him. I'm like, what's what's a success for the Leafs? And he's like, win win two rounds. Like no one no one's expecting to win the cup. Like because yep. at this point it was you know, how teams would end up playing in, in the U.S. And there's that big question mark mm-hmm. um, about, you know, how, how they go into a full building after playing in no crowds for for, for, for the entire year. Yeah. And, and and at that point, it was just win two rounds and people will be happy. Dude, and... the bar the bar is so low for me. <laughs> Literally, I just, for if, if the second the puck drops in the second round, and if the Leafs are on the ice at that point, I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's all. That's all I need to see. The bar, the bar is so I, I am, I am not ashamed to admit that. I, that, that's how desperate I am, just to see the tweet, the Toronto Maple Leafs advance to the second round. As soon as I see that, the season is a success. I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens in the second round. As long as they make it, I'm fine. Yeah, just don't become a meme, right? Like yeah. that's that that's like the, that's literally the bar. Is the, don't make us lose in the first round again. Yeah. And, and and I get it. I like I, I can I I completely understand that. Like even, you know, like it, it's it's when a team doesn't make the playoffs very often, right? Is they like, just make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if you go out in four games. Like just make the playoffs, get that streak over with, and and we'll regroup next year, kind of thing. Yeah. And and, and I feel like yeah, that that's it's definitely the sense where it's like, listen, we just don't want people to laugh at us anymore. <laughs> Oh, and, yeah. Right? Like, I, and people will still laugh because it's Toronto and it's Twitter and you know things happen. You well, know, yeah. I, well, I, well, things always things always yeah. happen to the Leafs, though, right? right? Like it's just like you know, like the Zamboni driver thing. That yeah. was like if you ever need a, if there's any evidence that this team is like haunted in some way, shape, or form. Like <laughs> they're just things that take place, and it's just like you can assume the worst, and it's gonna happen. Like we talked about the Columbus thing, yeah. they had that comeback in Game Four where they were down three nothing, yeah. and then scored like three goals to tie it in like with like two minutes left, and then won it in overtime. I I was in such shock because usually that happens to us, 
So I was like, wow, okay, cool. This is how it feels. This is great. This we're gonna win. We are so losing the next game. I had no confidence that we we're gonna that we we're gonna win that series. That was a, that was so sick. That was such a great moment. Thank you for giving that to us. We're definitely losing the next day on Sunday, and lo and behold, we did. So yeah, when it, when it comes down to the least, man, like whatever, whatever <laughs> can happen will happen, and in the most shocking and heart wrenching way possible. <laughs> Again, we tied the game seven in Tampa. And then yeah. freaking the game, the the goal got called back for freaking <laughs> I don't know what. Freaking David Camp gets called for high sticking, even though he hit the dude's shoulder. And then like ten seconds afterwards, Alex Kerfoot decides to high stick freaking Victor Hedman, who's like six nine or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, five on five on threes uh, in the playoffs for the Leafs don't really oh. go. Well. Uh, I, th- <laughs> that was the whole thing in game. Was it game six or five? I forget which one. No, it was game six mm-hmm. when when Marner took the 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 lay of game oh. um, <laughs> on that one as well, right? So yeah, yeah, it. it I like it's it's gonna be really interesting to watch because there's gonna be like I know that Toronto gets a lot of attention mm-hmm. and we talked about this before we started, but this year it warrants it. Like I I would like an Amazon documentary on this season, please. Yeah. Um. Like I, I just I feel like it's such a fascinating story to watch, and I, I think the entire Atlantic and and we'll get through the different teams or um in, in the Atlantic as well. I just think it's going to be so fascinating. And as, as from a Canadian's perspective, it's nice to not have to worry about that battle and just kind of watch <laughs> it happen and, and maybe play spoiler a little bit. Who knows? Like, you know, there was that one year where Montreal missed the playoffs because they lost every game to Detroit mm-hmm. <laughs> and they missed the playoffs by one point. Um, so, you know, things, things can happen uh, even with teams that are, uh, the word. And, and I was talking about uh, chirping on Twitter before, and I had somebody, I, I get chirps for some reason, like whenever I tweet some anything about Montreal Canadiens. Mm. And someone's like, oh yeah, well, you're going to finish 32nd next year. And I'm like, that's actually a pretty good result for the Canadians if they yeah. finish 32nd again. Like, I don't understand why you think this is insulting. Like, yeah, Connor Bedard's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be sick. I wouldn't uh, want I, that I, to happen. I'd be pretty mad. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of want, I kind of want the Habs to finish like ninth. <laughs> you know, they, 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 pro- they probably will. Like, I, I don't think they're, I, there's no, you talk about things going wrong. There's no way things can go as wrong as they did last year. Yeah. And they still barely finished last. Yeah. Like there's Arizona and Chicago are just too bad. <laughs> like, like it's like, there's no, they're going to need really bad goaltending again. They're going to need really bad scoring luck for the entire season. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't see that happen. Like they'll be bad. I'm not saying they'll be good. I'm not saying they're going to be like a surprise playoff team or anything. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I think that it, you know, between five and 10 on from the bottom is, is going to be where they're going to be. Like, I, I just don't see them being at like last year, everything went wrong and they still barely finished in last and they'll be in a good spot for the lottery. But yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting uh 32nd place, but you can still get yeah. a really good player in the draft. Yeah. Um, Speaking of scoring, uh, I've been on record saying that I feel, in my personal opinion, that Cole Caulfield should sue Dominic Ducharme <laughs> because he domed, dom, Dominic Ducharme cost Cole, Cole, Cole Caulfield the Calder. The, the second half stretch that Caulfield had was un-freaking-believable. And I'm just like <laughs> watching this. Imagine if, imagine if you had that the entire year. Like, oh my god. Such, <laughs> such, such a, a productive player. 
So just like watching the change was just like was so was so upsetting. So like <laughs> I've been on record saying like like Dom Ducharme should be sued because like in a full season and, and Cole Caul- and Cole Caulfield is playing like that, there's no way he doesn't win the Calder or or at least it would mm-hmm. be closer. Definitely like like yeah, I, I think did he a still finished like seventh. He still finished seventh in in Calder. Oh my voting. god! <laughs> Even Unreal. with that, that season, yeah, it's... unbelievable. It, it, it was really funny. Um, and I don't know how much you paid attention to this, but it was really funny. Every time Caulfield would score a goal, Ducharme would start twinning, uh, trending on Twitter. Yeah, in the second and half. he should. And he freaking <laughs> should. He should. Like, the dude got fired. They bring in St. Louis. And then, like, it's like every freaking game the guy's scoring. And I'm like, dude, oh, my God. I would have sent him a freaking card like you ruined the season yeah, for like, me. It, it, it's just funny because... Like I, I believed in Dominic Ducharme. Like yeah. I, I've, I've covered him when he was coaching Team Canada World Juniors. Um, I, I spoke to him when he was coaching in junior. I, I believed that, and he, when he was hired, he was saying all the right things. Like I, I believed in him. Yeah. But throughout last season, when he wasn't trying anything differently, and even after he got fired, like he's done like a couple of interviews this off season. And it's just completely clear that he just did not get it. Like he mm. was, he 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 admits that he was still trying to win games, right before getting fired, and oh. and I just I don't understand um, that mentality. And I think honestly, he probably should just stop talking because I think it it, it has cost him a future and it, like job in in hockey. Like right now he's mm. he's on TV like I or on the radio, and it's just like. I just, I don't understand how you can try the same thing over and over again and be like, yeah, we're, we're still trying to win games here. And it's just, it, it yeah. just didn't make sense. And and especially and- for Habs fans, man. Like, that's one thing that Habs <laughs> fans and Leafs fans, like, have in common. Like, we're not dumb. Like, we know, <laughs> we know what's going on. We we know, we get it. When certain <laughs> combinations are being done for no apparent reason, like, we we, we get it. So like yeah, yeah, for him to kind of like to stick to that narrative was just like it's just it's tough. It was it was yeah. tough, but yeah, no, it, it'll it be is. it'll be fun. Like, like <laughs> all all Canadians fans want this season. Like all Leafs fans want us to win around. All Canadians fans want this season is to be entertaining. Nah, like yeah. no 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 more one nothing losses, please. Like no more like three nothing losses. They just score goals. Like even in preseason, they're losing games like five four. Yeah. And people are like, oh, here we go again. I'm like, no, this is not what we here we go again. Like, I would have killed for some five four losses like that. You know? <laughs> like, exactly. It's it's just yeah. It's you know, everything is relative, obviously. But yeah, just you know, don't try and win games one nothing when you're playing Josh Anderson and Mike Hoffman together because it's not going to work. It doesn't work well. Like you have to try and win games five four. Yep, you know, absolutely. Anyway, here we here absolutely. we go. I, I, this is not about the Canadians. I, I got <laughs> on the tangent, uh, but yeah, it's. I'm. It's going to be very interesting, and, and I, I'm. I really like that these two teams are facing off against each other. I know people get tired of of Montreal Toronto playing together, uh, playing each other in the first game of the season, but I'm really happy it's in Montreal this year. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's different. Like Montreal's always starting on the road. Like I just when the schedule is announced, I'm like, oh, Montreal Toronto and Toronto again. I'm like, oh no, wait, the game's here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's. I think it's the first time in eight years that the, the home openers in Montreal, uh, the, the opening game for the Canadians in Montreal. So yeah, um, we we've had a lot of like that those Wednesday Friday where it's Wednesday in Toronto, Friday in Buffalo, mm. and I'm just like, ah. Oh. I don't want that again. So they get a little bit of a break. They go. I think they go to Detroit after they play. Um, they play Toronto. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, Omar, listen, thank you so much for for coming on and and 
reliving some of those bad moments with me. <laughs> no um, problem. I, I truly appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to say best of luck this season. I know that some of the listeners may not agree, but listen, uh, if the Leafs are entertaining, it's good for hockey, um, mm. regardless of what happens. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to go on record and say if they're in the playoffs, I'll probably cheer for them in the first round. Thank you. Um, unless, unless, unless they play Montreal, but I don't think we'll have to face that. So yeah. I don't think it's okay. Um, yeah, thank well, you so hey, much you know me. what? Apparently this is the this is the 10-year, well, this will be the 10-year anniversary of the first collapse. So if there's ever <laughs> a year to do it. Yeah, get, get those it. demons, get those demons out, right? They play <laughs> boss. Imagine if they like Patrice Bergeron retires after it too. Like it'd be um yeah. poetic justice. Hey, yep. Chara just retired too, right? So you have that mm-hmm. that you have that out of there as well. So yeah, and I know it a lot maybe... of people, and I'll know a lot of people say, like, oh, you only you, you, you beat a Boston team that was old. I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. care how they do it. Yeah, I, I mean, don't care how the 2013 team was really bad. So it goes but goes both ways, right? The Toronto team was not very good. They had, we they had, had no had business. That lead. We had no but, business being there. Yeah, we, had, exactly. we had no business being there. Bless yeah. James Reimer. We had no business <laughs> being there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks so much and uh, have a good season. Yeah, you too.